Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. Forgive and move on. Give it to God. Let's move on. You've got places to go. You cannot afford to be bogged down. You cannot afford to, to allow yourself to be cemented in place, cemented in, in, in an event that hinders you from moving forward. You've got a destiny to fulfill. You can't afford to be stuck on the side of the road with flat tires. You can't afford to stand there and cry about, oh, my flat tires, oh, my flat tires. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're not here by accident or coincidence. God has a rich, relevant word that will change and inspire your life. Thank you for joining us today. All right. I've heard this word. I sought the Lord for what he's going to do in 24. Lord, what are you going to do in 2024? And he's always been faithful, always been faithful in letting me know. If you seek him early, you get it early. Then you don't have to rush. If I saw him in, in December, on December 31st or December 30th, surely he would have told me then, but then I got to rush, try to get all the graphics and all that together and try to get things out to you. If you seek him early, you'll get it early. That's a word for somebody right there. If you seek him early, you'll get it early. Hallelujah. Especially when you're working with the team. You seek him early, you get it early. You don't have to rush. He already knows. So talk to him. Amen. So this is what I heard for 24. He says, and I'll get the graphics and all that together. We're still early uh, in this year. In 2024, you will stretch to new possibilities and possess new territories. In 2024, you will stretch to new possibilities and possess new territories. The old mindset must be changed. There must be a cultivating of a renewed mind. You are no longer a grasshopper. You are a giant among men. Change the way you see yourself and you would change your destiny. See yourself through the lenses of the word of God, through daily study, meditation, and speaking in line with the truth. The Lord says, stretch. Now, when he initially told me the word stretch, I thought about a piece of rubber that you pull or a piece of fabric you pull. And the more you pull it, it seems like the thinner it gets. He said, no, 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 that's not it. Then I saw a picture as I continued to seek him. Then I saw a yarn ball, a big yarn ball. And it's like I saw his hand hold one end of it, and he allowed the rest of it to roll out, to stretch out. And he was telling me, you already have what you need inside. I just want you to stretch it out. I just want you to stretch it out. So the Lord is going to stretch you. Stretch you, not stress you, but stretch you. He's going to stretch you out. I saw like a man uh, who had a withered hand in therapy. The therapist says, you, we got to stretch out those fingers. We got to stretch him out. 
The man says, oh, it's hurting. You got to stretch him out, sir. You got to stretch him out. You got to stretch him out so we can use his hand. You already have it in you. The Lord says it's time to stretch. It's time to stretch to allow the potential that's in you to be unwound because it's already there. It's already there. But the Lord says you've got to change your mindset. To that end, we're going to speak from the subject of the battle for the soul. The battle for the soul. Turn to your name and tell them the battle for the soul. The All right, so we know that, and I won't spend time, a lot of time going over much of this, but understand something, that the soul we know is made up of the mind, the mind, the will, the intellect, your memories, right? Your intelligence. Uh, The soul we would call it, can also be called or known as the ego, your true self. In the beginning, God created, of course, man is spirit, we're spirits, right? You existed in God before you were given a body. When God created the body, he breathed into the body, man became a living soul. He became self-aware. Your soul is the seat of your self-awareness. It is the awareness or the knowledge of self, your soul. But at the top of the food chain in your soul is your mind, your mind. And this is what I've been hearing. Your mind was built to think. You are a thinking spirit. Your mind was built to think. You cannot stop yourself from thinking. You can only pause it momentarily. The greatest of us may be able to pause your thinking through some sort of meditation for maybe minutes. But you can't stop yourself from thinking if you are alive and breathing. You will think. Man is like a computer. Your mind is like a computer. It was built to calculate, to store information, and to process complex information. You were built for that. Your mind is completely, or rather, your mind is continually ingesting and digesting information. You're taking it in constantly, constantly. As a matter of fact, uh, most researchers say that The average person thinks about 60,000 thoughts per day. The average individual thinks about 60,000 thoughts per day. Get up in the morning, what I got to put on? I'm going to get some uh, coffee. I got to brush my teeth. Brush your teeth. Your mind is constantly thinking, let me stop at this red light. Let me go for it. Let me, let me hit the brakes. Let me, let me hit the gas. Constantly thinking, what am I going to eat? I'm going to eat to pick up the fork. Your mind is constantly thinking. You're constantly thinking. You can't stop the process. You can't stop the process. This process of, think, this process of digesting information is called thinking, of course. You will think about something regardless whether it's good or bad. You're just like a computer, and just like a computer, your thoughts can be bogged down through unresolved questions. Your mind can go in mental loops because you just don't understand. And your mind is, you can't turn it off. So if there's a problem that's before you, your mind is going to continually try to get that answer. Get that answer. And you're going to think about it over and over and over. And it's not going to leave your mind until you get some sort of solution, some sort of answer. You can't turn it off. The only way to get yourself from not thinking about something is to think on something else. Are you hearing? So 
when mental loops form, and the devil loves mental loops, it causes the hard drive of your mind to crash, or it can cause you to crash. You can be frozen in thought, become ineffective in thought. Frozen right there because of some bit of information that you got in. Maybe something is running, some program is running in your mind that says you can't do it, and you freeze. You freeze. I've been in, in fear is a horrible virus that the devil can implant into the hard drive of your mind. Fear can cause you to be frozen. But when a person is frozen in fright, frozen in fear, that doesn't mean they're not thinking. Oh, they are thinking. Oh, their mind is going and going and going and going and going. Worry, frozen in worry. Going and going and going. It's a loop that spirals, spirals, spirals. And for a moment, you've lost your sanity. You've lost your ability to reason. You can't go in a straight line. Now it's just looping round and round and around and around and around and around and around and around. These mental loops can cause us to be ineffective and frozen in life. That's why the Lord says, I'm telling you, that we have to guard our mind, guard your soul. And one of the indications of this is that the Lord is, has given us the whole armor of God. And in that whole armor, he says, put on the helmet of salvation. Your thinking must be aligned with what Jesus did for you. Your mind must be protected. You've got to protect your, your soul, protect your mind. You've got to guard it. Now hear this. Those who will not fully engage themselves in the battle for the soul will eventually find themselves deceived and become ineffective. You can spend your days doing trash, watching trash, engage your soul, engage your mind in things of the world, and eventually you'll be ineffective. You'd be like one of those that you see in church for years that are still going through the same thing in the same place, fighting the same old situation. No change, still just going around that same old circle. Same old circle, the same thing, same thing, same thing. Never advancing. But the Lord has called us to stretch and to believe that you're no longer a grasshopper. You're actually an overcomer. And to be an overcomer, you must have something to overcome. So we have to lose the victim mentality. Yes, they hurt you. Forgive them. Let's move on. Yes, it happened. Forgive and move on. Give it to God. Let's move on. You've got places to go. You cannot afford to be bogged down. You cannot afford to, to allow yourself to be cemented in place, yeah. cemented in, in, in an event that hinders you from moving forward. You've got a destiny to fulfill. You can't afford to be stuck on the side of the road with flat tires. You can't afford to stand there and cry about, oh, my flat tires, oh, my flat tires. Let's call a tow truck. 
Let's get the spare out. What do we have to do to get back in the car, to get back on the road? We can't afford to cry that we made the wrong turn. And on our trip, I made some wrong turns. I didn't get off. I said, oh, my goodness, there's a street. We were supposed to go on down that street. You know what I did? The next available turn, I turned and went back down and came back up again. And I kept trying to find my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law here, she's smiling at me. She, she was in the back seat. She knows, she knows, praise the Lord. I'm going to keep turning until I get on the street so we find the place. Can't afford just to stop on the side of the road and whine about it. Hallelujah. So we have to lose the victim mentality. Tell your neighbor, we've got to lose the victim mentality. Because you have somewhere to go. You've got somewhere to go. Time is of the essence. Jesus teaches us about the value of the soul. Let's go to uh, Matthew, Matthew 10, 39. Let me show you just a few things in the word of God here. Matthew 10, 39. I want you to see one verse. He that findeth his life shall lose it. The word life there in the Greek is suke, suke, soul. He who finds his suke, he who finds his life or his thinking, his understanding, his worth, his value in this world system. If you find your mind, find your mind, find your, if you identify with the things that are in this life, in this world system, you're going to lose it. Lose what? You're going to lose your mind. You're going to lose your effectiveness. If your thinking is rooted here, you're going to lose your effectiveness. But the Lord says, he goes on to say, and he that loses his life. Now, the word lose means to destroy or to render useless. He who, rather, he that loses his suke, loses his mind for Christ's sake. When somebody loses their mind, you call them crazy. They're very unusual. You don't think like we think. You think on another level. If you lose your mind, that is, if you lose the thinking of the world, you don't identify with the thinking of the world. They say you're sick. You say, no, I'm not. They revel in. You hear commercials. My this and that. My cancer. My this. My, my anxiety. My this and my that. They take possession of it and claim it as their own. And they revel in it. That's the thinking of the world. The Lord said, if, you, if your mind is rooted in the thinking of the world, if your soul is rooted in the thinking of the world, you're going to lose it. You're going to be destroyed. You're going to lose your, all your effectiveness. But if you lose your mind, if you lose your identity with the world's thinking, if you reject the world's thinking for the Lord's sake, for Jesus' sake, he said, you're going to find it. You're going to find your life. You're going to find your soul. You're going to find your mind. You're going to find greater understanding. You're going to find wisdom. Does that make sense to you? Let's go to Matthew. Matthew 16, verse 26. Matthew 16, verse 26. Very easy. He says this, for, for he, rather, for what 
is a man profited? For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and what? And lose his soul, lose his suitcase, lose his mind. So what? You got a lot of money now. You can't sleep at night. So what? What difference does it make? You've lost your mind trying to identify with things of the world. We've gone after it so long and so hard. Or say, what's the profit? What did you gain by it? He said, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but loses and lose his soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? The soul is priceless. It's priceless. Once you have lost your soul, you have lost your soul. You've lost your way. You've lost your thinking. Don't you know it takes a miracle to get this back? If you've lost your mind, people say, I've lost my mind. I've lost it. What they're actually saying is they cannot find a way to recover their thought. They're unable to process thought. They're unable to think in a coherent and rational manner to bring them a positive result. I've lost my mind. Some people say, I don't know what made me lose my mind. I don't know why I did that. We're going to talk about that. Matthew 11. Look at Matthew 11, verse 28, 29. I want you to see this. Matthew 11, 28, 29. The Lord gives us some startling advice, some startling wisdom. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I want you to know this. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. In other words, fill your mind, fill your soul with my words. Fill yourself with the knowledge of me. Learn of me. He says, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your soul, for your suitcase. You're going to find rest for your life, rest for your thinking. And don't you understand that in today's world, People have abandoned rational thought. They have abandoned their minds to the things of this world, and they have no peace. The pharmaceutical, the pharmaceutical industry is, is billions of dollars trying to give people a sense of peace through pharmacia, through drugs. And for many that seek to self-medicate themselves through the use of marijuana. That stuff stank. Once you've been exposed to it, you remember the smell. We were driving down the road, minding our own business. On another street where I made the wrong turn. It only happened once or twice. Okay, maybe three times, Vanessa, maybe three times. But I saw in the distance, my God help us, and it really, really, I saw a place I wanted to eat in the distance. And I turned down the road. And when we turned back up the road at the red light, I said, I said, oh my goodness, you smell that? Oh, I said, yes, you smell that? Oh! And I looked over in the car, she said, look in the car. And they were just passing around. The car was full of smoke just full of smoke. And that is a spirit. I'm telling you, it is a spirit. 
And people using that marijuana or those other drugs to try to try to calm their soul, trying to calm their minds. They're so nervous, so fearful, so anxious. Got to have something to calm my mind. Jesus gives you, he tells you exactly what to do. Fill your soul, fill your mind with the knowledge of me, and I will give you rest for your soul. Rest for your mind. Rest. 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 Your soul is important. I'm telling you now, if you're not actively involved in the battle for your soul, eventually you will be ineffective. And the Lord commands this as well. Let's go in Matthew, Matthew 22, verse 37. Matthew 22, 37. Look at this. Jesus said unto them, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. with all your mind. Soul, suke. Talking about again your, your inner thoughts, your mind, your will, your emotions. And the Lord says specifically mind here, which talks about your understanding. He wants to have all of you. You're going to love him with all of it. Now, I want you to be aware of this. The devil also knows that you are a walking computer. And he endeavors to fill your mind with virus programs. And these virus programs are aimed at making you uh, form mental loops and become ineffective. Want to take over? Want to take over you? Look at 2 Corinthians 4, 2 Corinthians 4. I hope you're getting something out of this today. 2 Corinthians 4. Let me show you two verses, 2 Corinthians 4, verses 3 through 4. We're going to take a little journey. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3 and 4 says this, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Look at verse 4. In whom the God of this world, now that is Satan now, that's not Jesus, the God of this world system, in whom the God of this world hath done what? Blinded the what? Blinded the what? Blinded the what? The devil has the ability to blind your mind. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds, or that is to say the mental perceptions, the thoughts, and the thinking of them which believe not, least the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God, should shine upon them. The word blinded there in the Greek means, really means to be mentally blunted or to have, when I say blunted, think about a knife. When the knife is sharp, it cuts very well. When your mind is sharp, it thinks very well. But the devil has the ability to blind you, in other words, to make your thinking blunted, to blunt your discernment. How in the world does he do this? He's doing this by telling you a whole bunch of lies, shooting a whole bunch of lies, trying to get it into your thinking so that when the truth is revealed, you think more about this lie. He said, well, I guess it's not that bad. But God specifically said, yes, this is bad. But the world said, no, it's not that bad. Everybody's doing it. 
He's trying to blunt your mental discernment, putting something over your eyes so that you cannot see or understand what is true. Now, how is he going to do this? There are several ways that the enemy will do this. As he puts, pulls the wool over people's eyes as he blinds them. Well, Matthew, Matthew 4.19 says that the devil is able uh, to blind or to prevent the seed from coming forth through the cares of life, through the deceitfulness of riches, and for the, with the lust of other things. The cares of life. So worried about where the money's coming from. So worried about what the doctor said. So worried about this and worried about that. Through the cares of life, the deceitfulness of riches. All I got to have is a little money. As soon as I get a little money, tell you what, as soon as I hit this jackpot, you know, hey, I'm going to scratch a few tickets off today. Woo! I got a number in my head. I had a dream last night. I'm going to play that number. Mm, yes, I am. No, you not. If I keep running, if I keep running, if I keep running, if I get this extra job, if I get this extra shift, if I keep running and running and running and running, what you'll find out at the end of the day, you still don't have any money. And now you're even more broke and tired. Deceitfulness of riches and the lust for things. My goodness. The storage shelter industry is a billion dollar industry. Constantly building because we don't know how to let go of stuff. Don't curse at me. We don't know how to pass it on. Not only do we have stuff, but we keep buying more stuff and more stuff and more stuff and more stuff. And when we don't have room enough for the new stuff, we put the old stuff away in the storage and buy more stuff and more stuff and more stuff and more stuff. Can't possibly wear it all. Can't possibly drive it all. Can't possibly. The lust for things. Don't curse at me. Now, the devil, again, knows that your mind is a computer. It's like a computer. He's trying his best to hack into your thinking. He wants to hack into your hard drive. Many times by brute force, trying to get into your mind. If he can get it into your thinking, it'll get into your actions. If he can get into your thinking then your brain will respond to your thinking. You understand that, right? Your brain responds to the way you think. If you're thinking fearful thoughts, your brain will release chemicals or it will release, uh, release cortisol if you're thinking fearful things and that will send these signals all throughout your body. Raise the blood pressure. Kick up the gastric juices. Let out a burp or two. <laughs> Bring it up. Bring up the stomach acid. Bring it up. Bring it up. Bring it up. Because your brain, your body is reacting to your thoughts. It will react to your thoughts. Oh, make your shoulders hurt now. Oh. Do it. Do it. Do it. 
He's calling for it. She's calling for it. Do it. Your body reacts to your thought. So the devil knows that if he can hack into your mind, hack into your hard drive, just to put a thought in and never underestimate the power of a single thought. A, the power of one single thought can break up a marriage, can break up a relationship. If you meditate on that one thought, he cheating on you. What? Why didn't you call me back when I called you? Why are you late? Let me see your phone. What you mean you don't want me to see your phone? I know why you don't want me to see your phone. One single thought. One program that runs. Why does she look at me like that? Never underestimate the power of a thought. Or maybe you're going to be all right. I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be all right. Everything's okay. And weight just falls off of your shoulders. Never underestimate the power of a thought. Now, these viruses, I want you to hear this. These viruses are hidden programs that run in the background. Run in the back. If you own a computer, especially a PC, viruses can run in that you're doing a task you're typing and everything, but there's something else running in the background of it. These hidden programs are like viruses that work in what we would call the subconscious. It is the conscious that's below, and it is really the subconscious that runs your body, that runs you. You have several body systems that work without you thinking about it. None of you are thinking about breathing at this very moment. You're not conscious of your breathing. Now you are because I told you. You're not consciously telling your heart to beat. You're praying that it continues to beat. You're not consciously telling yourself to breathe unless someone makes you aware of it. There are systems that are functioning in your body now that you are not aware of. And the only time you are aware of them, when they cease to function. You have programs running in your mind, program, uh, running in your soul constantly. And the devil doesn't want to partake so much of your conscious mind. It's your subconscious mind. That's what he wants. Because your subconscious mind, as the man of God said yesterday, your subconscious mind handles or operates your first reactions and your first thoughts. When you enter into a room, people look at you. Why are you looking at me? You should see the way they looked at me in there. Your first response, your first reaction. The devil wants to get there. Let me show you this. And the Bible calls this in Ephesians, the, this subconscious mind. Let me show you this. The subconscious mind is like the mind of the mind or your mind's mind. We can say it is the higher mind. Uh, Ephesians, the fourth chapter, Ephesians 4.22. Look at this. It says, that you put off concerning the former conversation, 
the old. Let me one more time. That ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Look at verse 23. And be renewed in what? Be renewed in what? The spirit of your mind. Be, re be renewed in the spirit of your mind. The, the intelligence that guards your mind. Your subconscious. God said you need to renew your subconscious. There is a reason why folk are scared of clowns. Something happened before. Something somewhere. Something happened. And you, as maybe a child or what have you, experienced something. And as a child, you couldn't handle it before. You couldn't handle it then. And that thought pattern was cemented in your thinking. And now that you're older, because you have not confronted that old pattern, you still think the same way. Still scared of the dark. Still scared of clowns. Still scared of this. Still scared of that. People, one man told me, I don't like preachers with, with shiny shoes. So what, you want me to wear dirty shoes and that's going to make you? But from his perspective, some preacher wearing shiny shoes befuddled him, deceived him. And he kept that remembrance, he kept that knowledge, that word, his, that thinking in him. And so when he saw preachers with shiny shoes, he immediately identified them as a shyster. Someone coming to deceive me. But see, we think, we, we think those thoughts and we don't really understand it. Understand something. What makes something beautiful? In this nature, and rather in this nation and in our culture, we celebrate body parts. Might as well go there. We celebrate body parts. The bigger the rear end, the better, right? The bigger the this and that, the better, right? We say this is beautiful. But if you go to the other side of the world, you may see someone with a long neck and men celebrate. Oh, she's got the longest neck. My goodness. I want her as my wife. She's got a long neck. There are different standards of beauty. Others may be ankles. Different standards of beauty all around the world. That society says you ought to call this beautiful. You go after this. Society shapes the way we think. Here's the thing. When missionaries would go over into the, into the uh, parts of Africa or parts of the Congo, the ladies over there didn't wear tops and didn't wear clothes. The men had no problem with it. The missionaries one that had a problem with it. <gasps> Put on clothes. Put on clothes. The tribal men said, what's wrong with him? What's wrong with him? It was a thinking. These are the tribal man and the missionary. Both were men. Both were men. Why was the missionary so turned on? Because he'd been trained. His mind had been trained to see things in a certain way. The tribal men were not trained to think things 
think of things in a certain way. So you got to think, why am I full of lust? Why do I see this and it makes me lust? Why do I see this and it makes me angry? Why do I see this and and it makes me afraid? There's something that we have learned that has gone unchallenged. Some program running in the background that must be deleted. But unless you challenge it, why am I thinking this way? Why am I thinking this way? If you don't confront it, God won't confront it. If you don't confront it, it will go unconfronted. If you accept it, the Father will allow it in your life. But if you disallow it, if you reject it, if you declare that it is forbidden, the Father would declare it, it is forbidden. Or it got quiet in here online community. <laughs> Those who do not engage in the battle for the soul will be overtaken. There's a battle raging to get thoughts into your mind. Now, how is it ever going to get thoughts into your mind? How is it going to do that? Let me give you several ways. Now, all of these ways are not bad, but they can be used. You ever heard of the internet before? The devil can use the internet to cast an internet. Are you hearing me? The devil can use the news. New ooze, a new ooze. How many people have been oozed by the news? Thinking they've been bogged down by the ooze of the news. Are you hearing me? The enemy can use music. The root word of music is muse. Muse, a musing, is, can be inspirational. Muse is an inspiration. But the enemy's inspiring people to do wrong things through music. Now, is the internet wrong? Not necessarily. Is music wrong? Of course not. But it is the message that goes on through these. What message is it trying to send? Social media is the mind of the mob. Hear me. Social media is the mind of the mob, the mind of the masses. One person can say trash. They say it well enough. A whole lot of people say trash. And nobody will question where that original thought came from or who said it or who spoke it. The mind of the mob is social media. Movies move. The enemy wants to move the population, the culture, in a certain direction. You can leave a movie feeling a certain way. If it's a horror movie, you can leave feeling afraid. If it's a love story, you leave <laughs> How is this movie moving you? Are you hear what I'm getting at? The most pervasive one, television. Tell a vision. 
what vision are you being told? To take it even further, television programming. How are you being programmed? Are you hearing? The enemy wants to use these things to get in the subconscious of your mind, to get in the spirit of your mind. If you see it long enough, if you hear it long enough, if it's repeated long enough, it will brute force, with brute force, get into your subconscious and you will begin to think that way. And then you begin to act that, you begin to act a certain way, even though you really don't want to say it, even though you really don't want to do it. When you find yourself doing something that you really don't want to do or saying something that you really don't want to say, your higher reasoning says, I'm not going to say that. But you find yourself saying it anyway, something has gotten into the spirit of your mind. It has gotten into your subconscious. And unless we do battle and warfare against that, that old program will remain and it will continue to run. It will continue to run, and you'll continually be afraid of that same old thing. Always be afraid. You, you don't want to give in tithe and offering because I may not have enough money. I better not give. That's an old reasoning. I can't give you any food. I may not have enough food for myself. That's an old reasoning. It's the mind of the world. Y'all got me today? So be active, be proactive in the battle for your soul. In short, get in the word of God. Get in the word of God. Allow his word to wash your soul. Allow his word to wash your soul. Hear the word. Hear the word. Digest his word. Write the scriptures out. Meditate in his word. These things will wash you. The Bible says that the engrafted word is able to save your soul. Receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. We got to receive this word. It is contradictory to the environment. But receiving his word will wash your subconscious mind. As your subconscious mind or the spirit of your mind is washed with the word, as it is sanctified with the word, you begin to act differently. When you go in places, and I'm going to end with this one, when you go in places, something that used to tangle you before, you realize it doesn't tangle you anymore. I've given you this example many times of uh, when I was younger, we would go around the room to read, and when it, come around, it came time to me, for me to read, I would be so afraid, I would be so tense, that I would begin to stammer and stutter, stutter and stammer. And of course, they would laugh at me. They called me all day Mark. Oh, boy, here comes all day Mark. It wasn't that I couldn't read, but I was just so afraid. Those programs running in the back of my mind, I knew what I had to read. I could see, see Jane run through the dog or whatever, the dog through the house or whatever. <laughs> I could see it on the page and I knew it. But I just couldn't say it because a program, a virus had gotten in my thinking, and I thought it was less than nothing that nobody wanted to hear what I had to say. Well, that program continued to follow me for years. 
And I had to really actively come against, actively come against that. The lies of the enemy that said you have nothing valuable to say, keep your mouth shut. Had to constantly battle and battle. Some things you'll have to battle and battle and battle. And so here I was just past this past week, and I'll close here. I was called to another meeting. And this was another very big meeting that I did not invite myself to. It's one of those stretching things. The Lord said, go. I didn't invite myself to it. But someone with authority in the city said, hey, you ought to be here. I heard the Lord say, go. So I said, go. What I do, I try to get out of it. But the Lord said, no, that's how you know it's a good one when you try to get out of it. Isn't that right? Try to send someone else. The Lord said, no, go. So I get there to this meeting, this upper room with all the big people, so to speak. And what do you know? The coordinator says, well, why don't we just go around the room and introduce ourselves? Oh, my goodness. That old program starts to run again in the back. Starts to run again in the back. But the new program says, Lord, you got me. In the presence of my enemy, the Lord pours out fresh oil. He prepares the table. Goes around the room. Of course, a lot of people in this room. Goes around the room and it finally gets to me. And I said, hello. Mm. I felt stammering come out. I said, hello, my name is Mark Stroud. I'm here representing Kingdom Rock Media, Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center. Amen. Amen. And it goes on. What am I saying? I was meant to be there in that place. Fear tried to drive me out in a way whether it's the fear of performance, whether it's the fear of not going to have any money, whether it's the fear of this, fear of that, fear will try to run you out of your place, run you out of your destiny. Wherever you feel the most fear, you try to get out of it. God's there saying, go, I got you. I was meant to be there. Meant to be there. Praise God. But you must challenge these old programs, these old viruses. That happened to me first seventh grade. When I was, what, seven years old, eight, whatever that was, 12 years old. Or whatever seventh grade is. Okay, whatever that was. I am a lot older than that now. But why is the same thing still there at this age? But the thing is, what happened? That did not overcome me. And every time I overcome it, I get stronger and stronger and stronger. What is it in your life that you're running from? What old program is still running that you need to confront? 
unless you do battle against it, it will cage you and you become ineffective. It's time to stop running and start overcoming and let the Lord stretch you. Who cares what people say or think? Why don't you give them something to talk about? Give them a little something to figure out. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this time you've given us. And Lord, I pray today that, that your people have been encouraged and blessed. And I pray, Father, that you would continue to walk them through this, that you would continue to walk them through the, uh, the deletion of these old programs and that, Lord, you would install in the hard drive of our soul your word. Your word says we can and that we are. Your word says that we are invincible and we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Your word declares that in our weakness is your strength made perfect. So, Father, we pray that we will overcome these obstacles today and all throughout 24. We'll overcome these things and be stretched and receive new territory. Receive the things that you have for us and never be, a, never be caged in thought or in action or in feeling ever again. We thank you, Father, that we are in fact more than conquerors through Christ. And we give you praise today and we choose to believe what you are saying about us. In Jesus' name, let everybody agree, say amen. Online community, we love you. We'll see you again next time, okay? All right, bye-bye. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.